I have a confession. Okay. The camera did not record the first part. Aw. Yeah. So sad, but Very. so like such a great conversation. It was amazing, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. Because what's the point of being frustrated? Yeah, there's no point. I mean, it is what it is. What was said was said, and that was beautiful, and I'm grateful that we talked about that. But now I feel like we have the momentum, and I yeah. kind of know what I want to dive deeper into okay. now. Maybe I really love this. Let's go. What? Let's go. Yeah. I'm, okay, because I know now. Um, that's usually the, the outline I follow anyway. So we did the prep. We did we the just, prep. We just did the... And now we're just yeah. getting right into the heavy things. Usually you need <laughs> 10 minutes into a podcast episode till you get to the, the deep topics. Minute one, the we're one already one. going in. But one thing I wanted to like pick apart and dive deeper into was this whole concept of yoga for mental wellness. I think I see that theme within you. And if you resonate, I would love to expand on that. Let's go. All right. Yoga, the reason why yoga has been the one thing that has stuck with me, I've had so much trouble with consistency throughout my years. Yoga is the only thing I have other than video, although video I have my ups and downs with, yoga is the one thing that remains, always comes back to me. Even if I quote unquote lose it, it finds its way back to me. It always comes back. I've been consistent with it for the last year. Not just asana, but like all other practices, meditation, mindfulness, just applying yoga to my life. And I've noticed myself being able to regulate myself uh, more effectively. Whereas before I would just spiral into a big mess. Now I'm just like a moderate mess. Because <laughs> you know, messiness is a part of life. But I do want to bring up that point before when the camera wasn't recording about the OCD. And just bring that point up again about how yoga mindfulness not even yoga just yeah so mindfulness when i i fell in love with yoga because yoga i realized it was everything that i already believed in and felt true and real and so i was like well this is where i belong because i've been looking for where i belong and like I couldn't believe that um, so much. It just aligned. It was all alignment and teachers teaching about consciousness, breathing consciously, thinking consciously, reacting and acting consciously resonated because I was like, they're right. I can do anything and I am infinite and I'm at a loss for words because the sky is the limit. Like, if I believe I'm a superhero. You're a goddamn superhero. I can be a superhero. Like, I can be, like, your thoughts are as expansive. You are as expansive as your thoughts are. The wind agrees. And um, your thoughts are that powerful. Your thoughts can make your life really small. They can make your life really big and beautiful. Like, you can live in a movie every single day if you believe. You can, you know, like, mm -hmm. 
the concept of beliefs being so powerful resonates because when I was 12 years old, like I was saying to you earlier, I had this OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder that I developed probably from childhood emotional trauma, right? Nothing comes from nothing. Mm -hmm. Something comes from something. And I was basically a slave to my own thoughts. Mm. Physically could not live a normal life or do normal, normal things that 12 year olds would do because I was afraid of someone touching me, germs. And like, I would have to wash my arm immediately or I'd freak out. Mm -hmm. Why? What would happen to me? What, was, what would be the worst thing to happen to me, you know? I don't really know what I thought. It was just purely discomfort knowing that someone had touched me. I had to wash that area and clean it. If I ever wanted to sit down and watch a TV show, I had to go through this whole routine of taking a big box of Clorox wipes. They had to be like drenched, like wet Clorox wipes. Mm -hmm. And I would wipe down the counter where the TV was, like in the kitchen, mm -hmm. the cable box, the TV, the remote, maybe some of the cabinets above it just because like mm -hmm. made me feel like the whole area. And then the cabinets below the counter, the chair seat, the chair legs, uh, then a couple of tiles underneath the chair itself. Wow. And specifically, I need to be in like an outfit that felt clean or safe for me to relax in. And it, I had to go through all this effort if I ever wanted to sit down and watch something. And that's why I wasn't living normally. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, it's not normal functioning yeah. person. No balance. There's like excess. Extreme, yeah. Yeah. Living in an extreme. And then your specialist, you men uh, mentioned that tool. Yeah, so I saw like an OCD specialist therapist for a full year and I, you know, he taught to me that I have these tools, right? Just like they do in yoga. They tell you you have these tools, it's the breath to bring you to your consciousness. What he told me was basically the same thing, but not talking about the breath. It was more like, yeah, well maybe, I don't really remember. It was a long time ago, like mm -hmm. over a decade ago. Yeah, that's, wow. So, um, come so far too. He was like, you sit and you sit with the sensations that come up. If I would have a trigger, then feel it. Can you wait a little bit before reacting and giving in to the compulsion, the behavior? And that little moment where maybe you sit with the discomfort slightly longer than you did the time before is where the change is actually occurring in real time. There's like, yes, change happens over time, but I like to say no, like change happens in the matter of an instant. Mm -hmm. Like in your head when you decide something to take a new action. Yeah. Or that you're going to take new action and you're committing to it mentally and in your heart. There's like a split second where you make a decision and 
because indecision is just as plaguing, uh, what is it called, analysis paralysis, right? But there's a moment where you make a decision and that's where the change happens. Commitment to that choice, right? right. That's not always easy. Mm -hmm. Like you could make a decision and then go against it, but then what is that telling you're yourself? Like, you're fighting yourself and in conflict with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yoga has taught me so much to slow down and, you know, with the breath aware, like literally with the breath. The breath teaches you so much. As soon as you start to pay attention to your breath, you, rec like, you recognize the power of the present moment and how much value lies within your breath and the present moment. And I think just like your specialist said about taking a moment to reflect and sit with that, especially in today's society where everything's very like instant, instant gratification, receiving things instantly, if we don't feel good right away, it's very difficult for some of us to even Patience. even be disciplined mm -hmm. or commit to that tr uh, decision of sitting down and reflecting with it. It's so easy to just go to that thing because instant gratification. But that's where yoga, like that discipline kind of builds up and that's how it's helped me at least with my qualms of life. <laughs> and um, change does happen in an instant. But it also, like, I feel like big, lasting, consistent change happens over time. But those small changes you make are what add up to the big change, which is literally what you said before. Yeah. And um, this other tool my therapist offered to me, I mention it all the time to anyone I can, whenever I can, upward spiral. You know the concept of a downward spiral? Where it's, it's so like, funny. oh, you're going down. Uh. I love, that reminds me of a phrase I love which is, I like to say, we're going uphill, mm -hmm. not downhill, we're going uphill. And someone said to me, but isn't uphill hard? No, uphill is like good in my head. I always thought uphill is great. Mm -hmm. Cause you're going up. Cause we're going up. Why would you want to go down the mountain? <laughs> Cause it's easier. It made sense to me, but up, upward spiral. Yeah, that's a great positive spin on but basically what that concept uh, delves in on is um, the fact that, you know, the ebbs and flows of life happen, but instead of like going down a downward spiral and letting all your progress go to waste, as you might tell yourself, um, noticing that every time you come out of a cycle, out of whatever your negative cycle is, you've learned something new. Depending on the choices you make and what you choose to take from that, you go up a little bit. So the next time you hit that, you learn something new and you learn something new, which is that upward spiral, right? Or just, I kind of like that uphill too, because sure, it might be more difficult because incline elevation, but guess what? You're going to the top, you're learning. Yeah, why, why would you want to be falling downhill? I don't know. It's like, like what I'd do you think like going uphill? So I don't know. I think it's also, uh, I could literally dive into this analogy so deep. Top of the mountain, you're going for more. You're going to the peak, right? Like, and it's all you have it, goals and they're up at the top. It also forces you to slow down in a way if you think about it. Because if it's more difficult, you know, you're not rushing up. Whereas downhill, you could just like easily just focus on getting to the bottom, like getting done. 
not even realizing what's around you. Uphill, you're like, oh my God, this is so difficult. But oh, look at that tree. Oh, look at that, <laughs> look at that squirrel. And then eventually when you get to the top, noticing the fruits of your labor, right? That's the phrase. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I like that, upward hill. We're going up. I um, remember as I graduated teacher training, they were telling us about, or asking us what kind of, what's it called, population we'd want to teach in, right? Like, oh, you want to do yoga for addiction, yoga for, forget what else there was, but just the different areas you could do it for um, later generations, for children, for pregnant moms. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I just want to teach I yoga. I never, ever thought of that in my, ever. I always just thought, yeah, just teach yoga. You teach it to everybody, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's such a thing now to have to niche down. Like, when I first heard the word niche, I was like, what do you mean? I'm everything. I can't just be one thing. But I understand, like, why... I'm here for the Clara people. <laughs> I'm here for the Clara people. I understand why it's important to sometimes be a little more specific or how it can be beneficial, right? Like, teaching to a certain population that you have expertise in. I'm definitely still someone who likes to teach everyone because I feel like everyone needs a little bit of yoga in their lives. Everyone can learn something from yoga. What should we not miss out on talking about. This is a question that just popped up in my head. How do you feel about like, like I know, so there's different types of yoga teachers, right? Obviously, because we're, we're all unique in our own ways. But there's obviously the teachers that like yoga for asana, fitness, movement, moving your body. Um, then people who, teach it for philosophical aspect, spiritual aspect. person I think of is Maria, right? She focuses a lot on meditation and bringing that aspect. Um, and then I guess people who kind of tie both together. But I would say kind of like, what's your opinion on the different types of yoga teachers? And follow-up question, where do you stand? What kind of yoga do you like to teach? Mm, uh, well, my opinion on the different types of yoga teachers, it's whatever you need. Yeah. If you just need philosophy, you just need philosophy. If you just need meditation, or you just need physical, you're most likely gonna get a little bit of the other stuff in there mm -hmm. without asking for it. There's no right, there's no wrong. Where do I stand? Well, I teach the physical practice, but within my teachings, I try to sprinkle in some philosophy, mm -hmm. you know, something that hopefully will help someone. My goal is to always let it be as organic when it's delivered and genuine and true to my own uh, life, because you want to try to practice what you preach, right? Um, I was actually just going to ask, I had another question pop into my head, but I kind of answered it about like, what's your intention with teaching yoga? But I think bringing that whole authentic, real truth aspect, like bringing your truth. Yeah, so, oh my God, I've had many like yoga mentors who have specifically inspired me and impacted me so much 
in believing this is a practice about authenticity more than anything and showing up as you are take it with take your whole self onto the mat you know don't leave don't leave that divorce outside the door like you bring all that shit in and you experience yourself and whatever is going on as is without this judgment it's complete acceptance mm -hmm. and observance and in this observance we hope that like you can find truth clarity um your truth ultimately yeah and that is that one it. thing i so love about teaching is that i teach in a way that i teach physical sequences and then i encourage students after a few rounds of teaching the same sequence to move on their own at their own pace hmm. with their own breath and maybe they move at different times than each other not everyone is going to be in perfect unison for this time we could call like free flowing mm -hmm. only free calling it free flowing because i'm not the voice telling them how to move or where to move and there's space for them to invent reinvent take out something that's not resonating with them and add in something that they crave physically that's so super cool at any point in the practice we say like at the very bare minimum if you sit here on your mat and breathe the ujjayi breath for 60 minutes you're doing yoga you know if you just sit and breathe here you're doing yoga Mm -hmm. um i really love that like that's i don't experience their class super super wild and this is just my own opinion it's alternative because there's almost like this it could be scary because it's vulnerable to move on your own mm -hmm. but that vulnerability is a doorway for authenticity Mm -hmm. it's it's very vulnerable to be authentic mm -hmm. to be yourself and to be seen it's like let yourself be seen mm -hmm. it's hard that's not an easy thing to do yeah and when you are moving in through these postures with your breath however you are there's so many things that can pop up in the head am i doing this right but it's not about that it's is it feeling good is it feeling right mm -hmm. so that's like we're trying to always teach and preach that it's yeah. about you not anyone else on their mat we don't mm -hmm. have mirrors so no one oh looks you know we don't want you to be distracted by the, your physical appearance or anyone like else's that. but obviously you're gonna see other people moving and mm -hmm. think oh beautiful or whatever mm -hmm. you could um but there's different formats in the studio like slow burn which is a slow almost more sensual in the way that we close your we close the eyes and take away that sense mm -hmm. of seeing and ask the students to 
dive deeper into all the other senses mm -hmm. and move in a tactile way. Mm -hmm. So it's really like igniting the ears, the physical touch, the smell. One time I was in class in a slow burn, closing eyes moving, and I knew exactly who came in the room because she had this beautiful perfume I just recognized. And I had my eyes closed the whole hour. I opened them, it was her. Wow. There's so many different kinds, like Wait, that's yoga. really inspiring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yoga is just so interesting and I could just go on and on and on. Please do. I, I definitely like to emphasize feeling. Like I'll reiterate in a class many times, be like, if you have to, close your eyes. I should probably, I find myself giving people a lot of options. I'm trying to be more assertive with my teaching. I've only been teaching for two months, so I'm trying to be easy on myself too. But trying to be more assertive, but usually I'll give people the option to close their eyes and mm -hmm. I'll be like, feel into your body. Closing your eyes can help you identify if how you're moving feels right within you. Um, I emphasize about how the yoga feels rather than how it looks how it feels rather than what pose I say. You know, like, how is your practice gonna show up today? And always in the beginning I check in, I'm like, listen to your body, what is your heart telling you? How is your heart presenting itself? Is it more fast paced than usual? Is it a little bit slower than usual? How are you gonna apply that to your practice? Like the feeling body, I love. And that's why when you said all those things about the, engaging the other senses, that's I might just, use that as inspiration. That's just one format at my studio. But in general, for most of the class, all, pretty much all of the classes, we have a few rules when it comes to teaching. Yeah. Mm, one of the main rules is no physical instruction. Oh, so you're not allowed to like demo? Yeah, like okay. not a lot of demonstration. You could, let's say there's a, a couple poses that maybe you feel are hard or it's taking a little extra time, so you're just gonna show it, right? Mm-hmm. But the point of not physically demonstrating is because our body bone structure is not their body bone structure. Mm. So it's gonna look different it's all about the sensational cues, you know? Yeah. And even when we say the sensational cues, it still won't look the, the same. Like, yeah. shifting one way is gonna look totally different. Also, something I was talking about with my other yoga friend is that yoga was invented by men. Yeah. If we bring up the whole conversation of alignment, men's alignment is very, very different from women's alignment. The the entire anatomical so, structure. The freedom to move. And so we verbally talk cue sensationally. And that's really wild sometimes for people to come in. Mm -hmm. and they've never experienced that and they're like what do you mean i have to actively listen what do mm -hmm. you mean i have to actually pay attention but i want to just i just want to doze off and hear the voice and there's a lot of you know uh, i have a lot of conversations about right and wrong or none of it's right and wrong i hear a lot of different experiences of why people love physical demonstration or why they don't love it. Some people really don't like being 
left mm -hmm. without the cues um, because then they feel lost or they get anxious because, you know, where am I going to go from here? It's a whole, like, there's like no I right said, like, way. there's no right or wrong, but our philosophy is, like, we want you to explore your own independence in your body. You focus on the breath and you focus on one pose. Every breath should lead the body into the next pose of the sequence, mm -hmm. naturally because every inhale will lift you and every exhale will somehow lower you. And those breaths are linked to postures that correlate with expansion and closing. It's really hard sometimes for people to let that sink in. Mm -hmm. It's like... The way you describe it though makes it feel so possible. Like. I love the way you speak about yoga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, um, I auditioned for this one studio and um, I was in the front. I was so nervous because it was my first like official audition. I was just like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to demo. I demoed the whole thing while teaching. And the one thing he told me was, you know, People aren't paying an hour to watch you do your practice. People come to yoga to have their own experience and to have you guide them and show them and support them and teach them. It's like you give them a container. Yeah. And I was still kind of new, so I wasn't totally comfortable with just getting up and teaching. I've been doing it a lot more now and let me say it's transformed the way I, I teach. I mean, ever since he told me that, I, I kind of just carried that in the back of my mind. I'm like, you're so right. People aren't here to watch me do my practice. They're here to have me provide a space for them, to inspire them, to guide them, to teach them. And that's gonna be in their own unique way, how they show up on their mat. And I feel like being at the front demoing can be a little bit of a distraction. It's like, oh, let me make it look like hers. And instead of feeling the posture, their neck is twisted. Right? They're like, Ugh. what is? What? They're in downward dog. It's like, oh my God, no! Please bring your head it's down. Totally. <laughs> it could. It could possibly sometimes be disruptive. Yeah. But um. But then sometimes it's extremely helpful and very much necessary. Oh yeah, I'll come down for poses. I'm like, I don't know how to cue this, so just look at me. If you're teaching like some kind of inversion, it's so hard for me to. Honestly, I was trying to help people with um, headstands and other forearm stands. And I think people want to jump right into going upside down, but instead they should just be doing more strength. And then later on, once you have consistent strength, going upside down is gonna be so much easier than going upside down when you're not strong enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think that going upside down builds strength. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's how you should practice getting upside down. You should it's do like other things that help you get strong. And then when you do go, you're actually safer. Yeah. And more capable probably than not. Definitely. It's like, because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. 
It'll break your neck. Yeah, I put too much weight on your head or in the wrong space. And then your body, your bones are not theirs. So the way I do something, I'm just not gonna know how mm. you're built. My handstand is totally different from their handstand because I have a curve in my back or, right. you know, like, it's just so, mm -hmm. so many possibilities, scenarios. Mm -hmm. That's where feeling comes into, like, definitely placing You feel emphasis. strong and confident. You are strong and confident. Yeah. I can't tell someone, you know, you got it, because I don't know, I'm not in your body. <laughs> That's I hope, true. I hope so. Yeah. I really like the concept of feeling into your body. I mean, just the whole topic of like, like this is why I love yoga. Like, aside from the awareness, actually, no, not even aside, including the awareness it brings and the mindfulness, the connection. That's what yoga is for me. It's connection with myself, reconnecting with my body, being like, okay, I'm here, I'm on earth, I'm in this moment. Like, the thoughts circulating my, circulating my brain aren't real. They only hold as much power as I give them. It's hard to hear these things, and it could even be triggering to hear these things when you're in that state. You're like, you don't know how I feel. Like, I sometimes listen to voice notes that I've done for myself when I'm in a good mood and I'm like on top of the world. And I'm like, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I feel like shit right now. And then I come out of that cycle, I'm like, oh wait, no. She had a point. But just bringing that awareness and uh, feeling. I, I really love yoga. Like, I'm still so new. Like, yoga is so new in my life the relationship between yoga and I is ever growing and I just really, my goal and my intention is to build up that relationship with yoga and I and like really become a great teacher by working on myself, by putting the improvement, doing the work so that I can be a vessel and a teacher for other people that need those tools in their life, that don't know what else to do, they've tried everything else they come to yoga just to try it out because they've heard all these things and they realize that there's so much possibility. I have like so many more people I want to connect you with to talk about yoga. <laughs> if you want to keep talking about yoga. Yeah. Because I know so many people who swear it saved their lives and I have heard so many people say that and I think it's so beautiful. I mean, this discussion of setting intentions before class. Teachers or I will say, you know, take this moment to set an intention. Maybe it changes, you know, come back to it later on in class. You know, what's your, come back to your why. Recently, my why has been it's very empowering for me to come and have a consistent practice because I love to feel strong. And in feeling strong, I feel I got my feet on the ground, mm. you know? Grounded. Yeah. And then other times, my intention is 
oh, I have to work through this because this is a real thing. This is just like in my life and I need to emotionally get this out. That's the intention. Empowerment and being strong and empowered physically, mentally, emotionally, taking care of yourself, like doing that maintenance, mm -hmm. that's empowering, yeah. right? Knowing that you're showing up with your shit. <laughs> facing it, looking at it, and you can't avoid it. Sometimes you avoid yoga, and you know it's because you're avoiding seeing what's right in front of you. That's so true. I think every time I've ever had like gaps within my practice have been when I've been trying to avoid the tough shit. Like I had a one yoga class that brought up feelings of unworthiness and because we have mirrors in the other studio. I remember my body dysmorphia just kicking in. Full speed, no, oh. <laughs> not sparing anybody. Me being the anybody. And after that, I didn't take a yoga class for like two weeks. Cause I was like, I That's can't look traumatic. at myself again. Yeah, but, but it's part of my upward no, spiral. No, I know, I know. Yeah, but I could see how like, just can't, I mean, we have mirrors and phones around ourselves all the time. I just have, it's very, very rare, unless I travel, that I practice in front of a mirror. And I feel like I would be so distracted looking at myself. But, I mean, you can find some beauty in it, being like, wow, look at this beautiful human vessel, mm -hmm. right? You could have positive thoughts just as much as there could be negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. This conversation is really inspiring me. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, it never ends. Those moments, where you rip the band-aid off in class unwillingly <laughs> but they you have no choice like i say like yoga this is what we call yoga can be running if you're a marathon runner yoga can be painting if you're a painter because i have sat down in an art class started painting and crying because life you know you sit down to do something with any sort of meditative conscious connection mm. to yourself that's yoga and that is yoga yoga doesn't have to be yoga yoga could be stirring sauce in a pot and adding spices and all of a sudden like you have a revelation you see you know it's just whenever you are able whatever template format allows you to find that connection of consciousness. I usually think of it in a term of like, like you said, meditative. When you are with, when you are really with yourself, mm. when you can't avoid yourself. Ah. <laughs> so yoga can also be like those, could be a distraction dark for some. Moments. Anything, you know, it's just. Anything. Yeah, it's not the pra practice itself, it's what is occurring during the practice. Yeah, what is occurring during the practice. I have a quote that talks about that. Every, and things, many things can be a practice. Like imagining you're skiing down a mountain, all of a sudden you realize whatever it is you need to realize or you face whatever truth you have to face because that's the space that that happens for you in. Mm -hmm. 
when you're with yourself fully in that moment. Also, another thing I, I love to talk about in regards to like game changing the yoga practice is releasing expectations of the practice. Yep. Releasing all hopes and attachments to what it's gonna be physically, mentally. Yep. Like you have one fantastic class and you really hope you get that same sweat or that same quote hits different, mm. you know, just something about it. If you keep hoping to relive specific moments with these expectations, you're gonna get let down and you're not gonna enjoy it anymore. I used to practice chasing a full body sweat. And if I didn't get completely drenched, I wasn't working hard enough. Mm. And I'd walk out being like cranky or pissed. Like, mm -hmm. why, wasn't, why wasn't my practice good enough today? I'm like, wow, I'm really sucking the great experience out of it by myself. <laughs> like, you know, you're ruining it for yourself right. by holding all these, like you have every this, every this day, you have this teacher and you love her and she's the best. And then all of a sudden you have a sub and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. What? No, it's okay. Hey, this is meant to be. Go with the flow. You know, we're so used to like, expecting right what we love and know and how we things get are disappointed to be. we allow ourselves to not enjoy what we could actually really enjoy get something really great out of by being closed off surrender yoga surrender was a big theme for me the other day like and that kind of ties in with like releasing expectations and just surrendering to what is and um, that's kind of actually, remember I was telling you before about that weird experience I had with the class because I was subbing someone's class and I felt like they were expecting something else. And at the end when they were in Shavasana, I was doing my own meditation. I just remember being like, the whole point of yoga is for you to be aware of your experience and to have an experience and to be, to just listen to what that experience is showing you and trying to tell you. And so as I'm sitting there and thinking about like this weird class that I just felt like energetically in my body and I'm just thinking like, well, I'm releasing, I like remember in my head just saying like, I release this narrative that I wasn't a good enough teacher today. And I open myself up and surrender to the fact that everybody got what they needed today. Even if that meant frustration with how the class went or unsatisfaction with how like not being satisfied with how the class went part of the yoga practice as a student and as a teacher which i think you're still a student even when you're a teacher right is just surrendering and i have a quote for you yoga is not about touching your toes it's about what you learn on the way down right the journey or as some other people may say uh Life is not about the destination. The destination, in theory, is the journey. I feel like there's so many different ways to get to a truth. Yoga just has one of those paths. One of, it's, yoga is, is one of those paths. Is one of yeah. those paths.
so many different ways to get to your truth. And just yoga happens to be one of those paths. I, you said something about the teacher and the student. Right. The teacher is always a student. If the teacher becomes closed-minded about being a student, the teacher stops learning. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's always been so important to me to be like, I am not wise. I'm never going to be wise. I am, I am an amateur. Keeping like this mindset that like I know nothing. Mm. Say I know nothing. There's wisdom I'm in a, that too, though. Yeah, but that's like, that is one. It's like always stay humble. Mm -hmm. And by saying that, like I know nothing, and being open to everything allows you to be so much more receptive mm. to so many more perspectives. People, I think, who say, I know, I know, I know, are missing out on, you know, like so many great- the uncertainty. Great conversations or gaining like more humanity, mm. compassion, right? So you say, I like it that. Opens you up to compassion. You may think one way, you may say, I know and I feel this is right, but someone else may feel differently. Mm. And by like giving them space to be heard and seen and received, without having your wall up, directing, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong at them, but just hearing them and their truth and respecting, honoring their truth allows like there the, to be this harmony and peace and like acceptance of everyone mm -hmm. exactly as they are. I really love what you said about more humanity. Because I, at the end of the day, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter what, we're still humans. And I think our humanity is so important to acknowledge. Yeah. Compassion. And we all get caught up in it. We all forget. We all get angry. But like the goal is to like always become more compassionate towards people and not just see the external, but be like, listen, there's a reason why that person was really vicious to me today. And I'm not gonna get angry or send them hate i'm just gonna try to hope that they get a little bit more love and light in their life because i don't want i really feel sad for anyone who is not doing well or struggling and wants to harm others because they are feeling that themselves hello hello future clara here uh, so the end of this podcast actually also cut out. I don't know if maybe I just couldn't find the file, but something happened. Just like the beginning of this episode also didn't get recorded. Um, this whole episode, <laughs> the making of this episode was a mess, but a beautiful mess nonetheless, because I had such a beautiful conversation with Amy. I think it's just the embodiment of a yogic practice, right? Like no matter what comes your way, just accepting it and going with the flow, surrendering to the flow of life, accepting what is, not expecting perfection, not expecting anything of the outcome, but just letting it happen as it is. So 
it's kind of ironic that this happened for this episode and there's just so many different things that quote unquote went wrong but also went so beautifully right because it allowed us to just float a different way and it created a different momentum for this episode and a different vibe so with that being said um i just wanted to close off the episode if you want to find amy her instagram is at amy DePaul, and yeah that's gonna be everything for today i'll catch you in the next episode bye